All right. You done? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. We ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. This is episode 17? 17, eh? Man. Se- what? 17, eh? That that's what, what, that's what Han Solo says in Star Wars. He goes, 17, eh? Because they offer him 2,000 now plus 15 when they get to Alderaan. I remember that now. And yep. he goes, 17, eh? <laughs> that's this good. This might be getting cut. That's not getting cut. Anyways, we got a big episode for you guys today, don't we? We do. We are bringing back aliens. And we're bringing back a special guest, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Tim, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi. Great. You can do a little <laughs> bit better than that, Tim. Uh, That's a little loud. I am Pat's brother, Tim. Yeah, uh, you, you know, we, we talk about Tim on the uh, on our show quite a bit, and uh, definitely an alien enthusiast, and he was on our episode seven, was it? Yes. Drunk, he was, drunk, drunk in Debacles? He's been on the show before. Yeah. So Tim's going to be kind of helping us out today. He's going to be kind of our fact checker slash, uh, I don't know, fact checker. What I want to hear from Tim today is all about Project Serpo. If, later on, if he can get into that for maybe like five minutes, a little bit later, because I'm... I have not looked into it yet, okay. and I told you I would, okay. and I'm really interested to hear about Project Zerpo. You know, I was watching this thing right before you guys showed up about that a little bit, so it's interesting. Anyways, before we get into the show too much. we got to get our news stories. Yeah, what do you got today, man? So I have a <clears throat> pretty cool news story. It's from uh, February 4th, 2021. So this is the first time this has ever happened in the world. First okay. time? Yes. It's, uh, it's a medical mir- miracle. A New Jersey man is the world's first to receive a successful face and double hand transplant. Face and double hand transplant? Yes. I need that. No, you don't. I'm pretty sure I do. This guy was burned up pretty bad. This guy's oh, really lucky. Oh, okay. So uh, Joseph DeMio was driving home from work August in August 2018. After pulling a night shift when he fell asleep behind the wheel, a stranger dragged him from the flaming wreckage. More than two months later, uh, DeMio he was 20 years old he woke up from an induced coma his dodge challenger srt which he had paid for himself and customized with the new exhaust system and wheels the car had been totaled demio was burned over 80 percent of his body that's terrible terrible he had over 20 surgeries his hands uh, were barely usable with his fingers reduced to nubs his face was pretty bad his face was pretty tore up sure and uh it's from northern new jersey and he went through extensive testing and preparation in hopes of getting a new face and hands from a donor. Now 22, almost six months out from his surgery, his transplant team is ready to declare uh, the procedure a success. He is the first person in the world to receive face and two hands. That's incredible. And he looks pretty dang good from the picture. Like, All right. We're going to have to get the po- picture up there on our, uh, yeah, if you, on our uh, Twitter. Where's his face at here? At 30 in the... This is what he looks like. And it's, it's better. It's I mean, not he kinda that looks bad. Like, he kind of looks like Andy Richter. Yeah, and like what I'm really... It's amazing how his hands look. Yeah, those look... They look legit. Yeah, like they, looks, Like nothing ever happened to them. I mean, he's at least going to live his life. That's, right. That's great. And to be able to use his hands? Yeah. Like, that's, that's incredible. incredible. Absolutely. So, I, I thought that was awesome. All right, you got any more uh, news stories today? No, that's my only one for today. I've got a couple. I'm going to start with this one. Go ahead. Florida inmate. Oh, God, Florida. Mistakenly released from jail on his birthday. <laughs> Think about that for a second. He was mistakenly er- released from jail. Authorities are searching for a 52-year-old inmate who they mistakenly released from jail in Miami. He was freed in air. Freed in air. Somehow, someway, somebody was like, you, you're out of here. What does in air mean? They don't know. They got an investigation going on trying to figure out what the hell's going on, but... When, when you said in air, really quickly in my head, I just thought... 
thought of a plane full of prisoners, and they just threw this guy out of the plane. Release an error. A E R R. Oh, error. Yes. Oh, I thought you said air. The like word... A A I R. <laughs> Tim Tim agrees. I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> The word air, E-R-R-O-R, is pronounced air. They're homophones with the word air. That's that's real. That's real. I was today years old. I I always said error. People always say error. That's like saying wash or Do not ever say that again. There's no R in the word wash. Or milk, or any of that. Oh, that's the worst. To say air or... I feel like I'm talking to Josh correct. right now. You kind of are. Anyways, we're going to get into this guy a little bit. 52 years old. Juan, no. Something Cabana. His last name's Cabana. Okay, fair enough. His charges include obstructing justice by a disguised person, hmm. shooting or throwing a deadly missile, and criminal mischief, which to me that is the worst crime of, of all. Criminal mischief? Criminal mischief. Very, very vague. Very childish is probably what it is. Probably. Like... You're creating so much mischief, it's criminal. Like, think about that for a second. I feel like anybody could do that. Yeah, that seems like something Tim would do. I'm just playing with you, buddy. Do we feel like Juan was treated unfairly? Yes. No. (laughs) Think about it, though. Just think about this for a second. If you were a criminal, you're in jail. They say, hey, grab your shit. Or you probably don't have any shit, but you're out of here. You're just going to go, right? Exactly. You're not going to think about it, especially if it's your birthday. And it was his birthday. Honestly, like, that's their fault. Exactly. That, that That is the, you know, the administration's fault. I think so. And, like, what are they going to do at this point? He's probably going to get more charges for leaving. Like, no, but that's not his fault. It's, he was yeah, told I mean, to he's leave. Not, he's not the bookkeeper. He's not the... Yeah, he's not the guy oh, in charge. Oh, well, you know, technically under Section 2B of whatever, I'm not supposed to be out yet. How the hell does he know? He doesn't. Maybe his... He could have thought maybe his lawyer got something done, or he got released early. Maybe he had good behavior. He thought that he was just released. Yeah, they, well, they literally told him to leave. They're looking for him, so we'll see what happens with this one. But, mm. I don't know. I got one more news story real quick. Yeah, go ahead. You have to remember, we're going to have to go back to, I can't even remember what episode it was. The guy that changed his name to Celine Dion. Yeah, I remember. He's just going to roll with it. Oh, my God. He's not having to change back. His new name is Celine Dion, and that's just how it's going to be. I mean, if it was that easy to change your name to Celine Dion, I feel like he should have just changed it back. You would think so, but then again. How does Celine Dion feel about this? Somebody taking her name. It doesn't really matter because it's his name now, too. Yeah. That's how it is. Could he claim the rights to her music since he has the same name now? No, because there's a lot more to having a name. I guess. I mean, there's a lot well, of... He could, he could theoretically just steal her identity. He could claim himself as a woman and steal her identity at this he point. He could pull Trevor Lawrence is what you're saying. Yes. Interesting. I never thought of that. <laughs> now, I don't know if that would work. Probably Considering not. the fact that Celine Dion is Canadian, I think. Is she? I think so. Anyways. Canadians have good voices. Apparently. A lot better than us. I mean, look at Led Zeppelin. British. That's British. I'm thinking of Rush. Rush is Canadian. Yes, there you go. There we go. I don't know. Yep. See, Getty Lee's a great musician. Is he a great vocalist? Eh, some songs. Tim? His voice has been described in unkind ways, but I like hearing it. I think it's your own personal preference. I think he fits what the band was trying to do. I think so. Anyways, are we ready? Let's do it. Aliens Part 2. 2. Dos. So, last episode, we got into Ancient Aliens. Yeah. We corrected a lot of stuff in the most recent episode. So if you guys want to listen to everything we talked about, listen to episode 15, Aliens Part 1, and then listen to the first 10 minutes of episode 16, where we have the late night wrap up. Well, if you're going to listen to the first 10 minutes, you might as well finish listen the Listen to that entire episode. We didn't get a lot of hits on that one. I don't think they wanted to listen, I don't think they wanted to listen to us babble about our childhood. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good episode, but then again, too, we were living it, so. Yeah, true. Anyways, check out those two episodes if you want to hear our part one of this discussion. Part two is going to be a little bit more mild. 
modern. We're going to start talking about Roswell. We're going to talk about the Cold War probably a little bit, the space race, stuff like that. So, Ben, do you have anything you want to lead us in with today? So, Roswell. Roswell. Now, just to be clear, Roswell isn't the beginning of Aliens in America. No. You know, there's there's a lot of shit that happened before, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, but Roswell is really what took off in the public sphere is what made of it, aliens. Made it, took it from being news to being common knowledge, basically. Yeah, and what we'll be getting into later is what happened with technology and the government and yes. things like that in, re- in regards to UFOs and aliens and yada, yada, yada. Yes, and Roswell is a good launching point. Yeah. There's only really, there's the Mount, have you ever heard about the Mount Rainier? sighting which is only a few weeks prior to roswell was that near washington dc no it was near washington state oh washington it was in state. the west and where that was in june right june yes, of 47 something like that it was I, recent I, yeah there was a guy flying the plane that saw the guy that said the saucers bounce or the the ships bounce like a saucer i don't know if you heard about that one wait you said it was recent or before roswell it was before roswell yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that was kind of the okay it's being talked about and now roswell happens tim and what you were talking about with the ships bouncing like saucers that's where the word flying saucer comes from thank you Thank you. Anyways, what do you got about Roswell? So there's a lot of uh, conflicting stories about Roswell. Yes, there are. So I'm just going to give, so you guys can chime in after this. Now, I'm just going to give like the basic rundown of what the majority of people know about Roswell. Sure. Let's listen to it. So um, it really actually, was it technically in Roswell? It was, it was about, uh, it was about what, 60 miles west of Roswell, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, was about it was outside miles. of the city. It was outside of Roswell, but it was basically, we'll, we'll call it Roswell. Well, and it was 1947, and uh, there was a rancher named Mac Brazel, and he discovered debris on his ranch, and he collected some of the material, and he presented it to the Roswell Sheriff. He, in turn, contacted the Roswell Army Airfield, and now, for people that don't know back then, the Air Force was a part of the Army. At yes, that that's a very important thing that we yes. need to talk about. So, the, so it was the Army Air Force Airfield in Roswell, and I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it was that day they declared that they discovered a flying disc. They described it as a flying disc. Yes. And immediately after that, the next day, the military came out and said, oh, no, 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 it's a, it's a weather balloon. Correct. Right. And that was in the mor- uh, the Roswell Morning Dispatch. And the article included an interview from Braz- Bra- uh, Brazel, and he said that he did not believe it was a weather balloon. And if I remember correctly, Brazel, was he a military man himself? Because he, he, he knew what weather balloons looked like, and he said that this was not a weather balloon. You know, it doesn't say anything about that in here, but um, the thing about Roswell that strikes me is I'm looking at pages, five pages worth of first-hand testimonials of people that saw what actually happened. Yeah, and but an, again, there's a lot of accounts of what happened at Roswell, and a, another account was that there were three discs discovered, and that there were alien, there, there were aliens in in all three of them, right? Really? Okay, I don't yes. know if I've heard that one. Timothy, have you heard that one before? I've heard stories. Uh, what I've also heard is that a lot of the alien bodies and spaceship parts weren't discussed until the 70s by the people much later on. Yeah, and allegedly um, the alien bodies, and there was a let me get the name here there uh roswell mortician i got his name down here so the uh, roswell mortician's name is glenn dennis and he says that these alien bodies were something that they have never seen before in his life and the bodies were taken to los alamos and then the the crafts i believe were taken to dayton yes and, and right. then but then they were transferred again to area 51 because of higher security interesting okay allegedly because i always thought that i thought that an 
ended at right field. It, it, it's it's very it very well could have could have, I might have it backwards, but from what I read and listened to, it's it's but yeah, you know, there's so many conflicting stories. It's it's really hard to really know what allegedly happened. Now, the one thing that does not get brought up that gets conveniently left out of the story is the story didn't happen. They didn't start on July fifth with the crash. On July first at the Roswell Airfield, uh, radar installations in New Mexico started tracking an object that zigzagged across the state. Yes. So they had this on radar four days before it crashed, supposedly. Yes. Well, there. Uh, what a lot of what well, we'll be getting. I'll be getting into this a little bit later. But there are a lot of um, military personnel because there is a nuclear testing site near Roswell called White Sands Nuclear Testing Grounds. Right? Yes. And they th- there are accounts of those military personnel seeing UFOs there all the time. Yes. At at, at that nuclear testing facility. And including uh, Wednesday, July second. The sighting was made in, mm-hmm. in that area. Now, it might not have been that exact facility, but it was in that area. Right. It was so much so that uh, Washington officials started flying to New Mexico. Washington, D.C. officials started flying to New Mexico to see what was going on before the crash even happened. Mm. So let's think about this for a second. Radar picks it up. Somebody sees it. It's enough noise that Washington, D.C. is heading down there. And then a crash happens. Then a news release comes out from the Army Air Force Division saying, it was a flying saucer. I that's pretty convincing to me. That's there. There's a lot to unpack right there. There's a lot right. going on. Tim, do you have anything you need to add to this? A lot of that is all news to me. It's nothing that I've found in any research. Now, what's interesting about where I'm doing my research from? I got to cite my book real quick. I've been reading the Alien Agenda by Jim Mars, mm-hmm. which is a 1997 publication, so it's a little bit old, but it's a pretty good detailed breakdown of what's going on. Jim Mars is an investigative journalist. Um, I don't know if you consider him a conspiracy. Theorist like a lot of these guys are because he just cites facts he doesn't write his style isn't trying to convince you what's going on his style is more of a here is where the debunkers are making mistakes and logical leaps because there are a lot of people out there that try to debunk debunk things right he's like here's a complete picture of what's going on here's where they made a leap in logic and talked about it as fact when it wasn't really fact right and that's an important way to think about it too because debunkers probably have an agenda just as much as a conspiracy theorist might so Definitely. In, in um, speaking of the '90s, in '94, the Air Force came out with another explanation of Roswell. Yeah, and this one's interesting too. And this is the one that the they they said that the wreckage was a top secret spy device that was created uh, for a classified project called Project Mogul. Yep. And that was a high altitude balloon with microphones to float over the Soviet Union, basically, and to try and pick up sound waves. So let's think about this for a second. If they were really trying to cover up Project Mogul, their first idea would be it's a flying saucer to attract a whole lot of attention to the story exactly and then revert to weather balloon which the project mogul balloons were weather balloons equipped to do different things is right. what they were and uh this 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 guy i don't know if you if you've seen him in his research but donald schmidt donald schmidt i'm gonna take a look i don't know he's, he's he's a ufo researcher and he spent like three decades investigating roswell and he made the argument that basically what you just said that you know flying saucer story doesn't really make sense because the original like what the military said that we found a flying disc they're saying that that was a part of the cover-up story and that doesn't make much sense i have a question did the flying saucer story originate from the military or is that just what the newspaper decided to print that's what the that's what the original roswell air force army army air force military base said that day that it happened when brazel went to the sheriff and the sheriff went there a press release announcing a press release announcing that the military had recovered a flying disc 
this. That was the original thing. Now, so a press release is not a press report. A press release is the military coming out saying what they have done. Another, a lot of other conspiracy theories came around Roswell too. Like this other theory. Yeah, it was a plan to induce American panic by Joseph Stalin. That he sent a weather balloon over the United States, made it crash, yada, yada, yada. But going back to what the military said in 94, the, the bodies that they allegedly found, they said they were that they were dummies. And, you know, every eyewitness account of the Roswell story, when they described these bodies, they were all the same story, that they looked like aliens. They're about three feet. Yep. They had, you know, they didn't have many orifices. They just had, like, a slit for a nose and, like, holes for ears. And let's think about this. And why would you have those, look? why would you have dummies looking like that? Wouldn't they be human-sized, human weight? Why would you have dummies on a Project Mogul satellite? The whole story by the military is very contradictory and it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and the the bunkers took the Project Mogul story and just ran with it. Yeah. Now, they're very selective in their reasoning because nobody ever wants to talk about what was going on before Area 51, nor do they want to talk about I just counted like 30 eyewitness accounts that either saw the bodies, saw the wreckage, mm-hmm. or dealt with the material that was recovered. Now, I don't know if you heard anything about that, the material that people found from the wreckage. Yes. Where it was like kind of like a tinfoil type thing, but every time you crumpled it up, it would rebound. Yeah. There's like 10 stories in this book alone about people that dealt with that type of thing. Right. And allegedly, they found this material that... Well, was it it kind of looked like uh fiberglass yes and it was but it harnessed energy and really and it it powered the spacecrafts okay and you you learn about that in the really awesome documentary called unacknowledged yes i've seen that probably five times steven greer is he's probably the most compelling alien researcher ever now we gotta get into him real quick i obviously i absolutely love that documentary if you and what what i like about him is that this guy whether the evidence is true or not i really don't know but this guy has interviews old interviews documents everything and he brings all of it he shows all of it and it's what i like about him he's got so much going on so much going now he you can see his documentary unacknowledged on hulu and on amazon prime right now yep it's not on netflix anymore but it's still on hulu yep on amazon prime he's got one a new one called ce5 close encounters of a fifth kind i'll have to try i'll check that out this one's a little bit different it's kind of crazy basically what he's doing now is he's got this like whole he figured out how the aliens how they how they come to us it's all through consciousness which is a type of energy that we don't we can't measure we can't do anything with we can't harness the idea of consciousness consciousness it's kind of like noetic sciences it's a little different yeah i mean you're on the right track though he uses they they do these like meditation things and the aliens come to them they've had so many sightings you know who uh edgar mitchell is yes sixth man to walk on the moon yes he after he got done with the moon he he divorced his wife and he started this company having to do with noetic sciences and like spirituality with aliens and shit now what is noetic sciences we may as well just clear this up right now (sighs) It's it's funny because I just I just got done reading I just got done listening to the Lost Symbol by Dan Brown. Oh god. And it has a lot to do with noetic science. Really? And it's it yeah, it's it's basically harnessing energy through human thought and consciousness. See, there's arguments that that's real though. Yeah, I I mean, I I low key kind of believe it. Like yeah. like cuz there's what what's the statistic? We you, we only use a certain small percentage of like our brain. Like 10% of our brain or something. Yeah. So yeah. if you can figure out how to if you can figure out a 10% uh, use 
using only 10% of your brain is a misnomer. You use maybe 10% at any given time, but your whole brain does work throughout the day in different ways. So the whole we only use a certain percentage of our brain power is a misnomer. We do use pretty much all of it. Where has this guy been our entire podcasting careers? So noetic science isn't real. All right. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I'm, I'm playing with you. <laughs> Just that one thing is a mystery. Right. But, I mean, I already know I don't use all my brain, so. Yeah, I sort of shit don't either. Well, it's the way that my life goes on these days, but. No, there is, there is some at least, there, you got to think about it. If it's not, it's obviously, it's not, not something you can prove, but. Right. You got to think about it. You got to think about how much we don't know about the world. Exactly. That's where this whole discussion kind of gets into it. Like, we just don't know so much. Yeah. And, and, like, going back to the technology that we found at Roswell. Yes, let's get into this. Now, the argument that Stephen Greer makes is that we're basically 100 years behind in technology with the 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 wow the technology that we discovered that we have been discovering uh through the through aliens really and, i mean just just that box that they discovered that harnessed that energy that spir- that powered their spacecraft yeah could do so much for our civilization and but there is what he believes is a just secret few people in the intelligence agencies that are keeping all this under wraps that you know that's why it's all a secret that's why you know the government won't admit that aliens are real well yeah and we have to get into that at some point yeah because well you think about it too like fiber optics they can trace fiber optics back to roswell you can trace fiber Kevlar. fiber optics came out in 51 52 yeah you know you can a, trace a lot that of back to Roswell. Yeah. Kevlar armor or stuff like that, the really high strength, low weight type of shit. Mm-hmm. That kind of started coming out after this. A, a lot of things happened after Roswell. Like, um, government agencies were created to keep this under wraps after Roswell just to keep it under wraps. Are you ready to get into the government agency part? You might, you'll probably know more about it than me. This has been, this has been kind of a point of research. I might have to get my notes real quick. But like, as, as far as I'm concerned, the CIA was created after Roswell. The Air Force was created separately from the Army after Roswell. Yep. And I mean, is that a coincidence? Okay, Roswell crashed July 8th, 47. 47. The CIA was was established September 18th of 47. (laughs) NSA was established November 4th of 1952 by Truman, which NSA is a national security agency. Yep. Project Sign was initiated in 1948. Mm -hmm. So Project Sign was initiated in 1948. Why the hell? Okay, great. We got this report about a Roswell crash. Let's start Project Sign. Like, why would you... All kinds of projects were, were started after Roswell. I mean, you got Project Blue Book. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the breakdown real quick. Project Sign was 1948. That was replaced with Project Grudge, which kind of got shit on pretty badly. I didn't and hear about 1952, that. 1952, Project Blue Book. And Project Blue Book was basically created to ease the public's mind about the danger of aliens, right? Yeah, it was mostly a... Debunking. Almost a disinformation project. Yes, but the guy that headed it... Heinick, right? J. Allen Heinick. J. Allen Heinick. He was a skeptic at first. But, and but, he be, yep. But late, no, you're fine. Later on in his life, he was like, you know, this project was basically created to debunk it because we already knew about all of it. Yep. And the problem, crazy. the problem with Project Blue Book is they kept their, their plan was to take all the, get all the reports. Yep. And systematically debunk every single one. Yep. At some point, they just stopped keeping files because they kept on running into situations where they couldn't debunk it. They couldn't debunk 
debunk it. They couldn't debunk like up to 20% at one point. Yep. And there got to be military people later when those files became declassified. A lot of people that submitted reports to Project Blue Look about things that they had seen wanted to find out after the files got declassified. Hey, what did I actually see? I want to know. Their reports weren't even filed. It's insane. Like, it was, it's a complete joke. It's like, why? I'm telling you, it's because of the technology they found. Exactly. Because it would completely, I mean, think of all the industries that would have to shut down. It would, the, in, the energy industry would be completely different. Yes. The transportation industry would be a lot different. Everything would be different. Think about, let's think about other things for a second. How would the churches handle that? That's true. That would be, they'd have to have a contingency plan in place for aliens. A lot of churches do not have that. Right. What are you going to do if it's public knowledge that aliens exist, that we're t- talking to these people? A lot of biblical literalists are going to, what's going to happen? I mean. You either adapt what, your... F- 14th, 15th century paintings have UFOs in them. That's the other thing, too, that doesn't make... Nobody ever talks about that. Like, right. why the hell are all these paintings having UFOs in them? Like... I don't know, man. What are they looking at? And then when he gets on the ancient aliens thing, it's like, okay, they painted the cow because they saw a cow. They painted people because they saw people. Then they painted these weird things with these big eyes. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they got creative imaginations, selectively creative imaginations. Is that what we're going to go with? I doubt it. That's what a lot of the bunkers will tell you. Selectively creative. Right. Everything is selectively selected <laughs> to fit the narrative. Exactly. And, you know, go, going back to uh, a lot of the projects that was created. Sure. After Blue Book, there were a number of other uh, projects that were created, and, like um, the Robertson panel. I'm not into that? that one yet. What, what's this and, one about? Um, I mean, it was it was basically created to do the same shit. Okay. And it, it was, the Robertson panel was created to review Blue Book, I think. Sure. It, but guess who headed it? Condon? The CIA. Okay. The CIA headed Condon, too. Okay. And they were all basically debunking reviews of Blue Book. And it was all basically just to keep it all under wraps. And the one thing, that that's true. And if the CIA is heading it, the one thing that drove me nuts in my research is there are so many departments of the government. The CIA doesn't answer to anybody. The CIA is basically... They're their own entity. They're their own thing. And to suggest that uh, like the president and the director of the CIA... And a lot of these top officials are in the know about this is not true. Exactly. None of them know about it. There's like these this secret group of intelligence people that keep this all under wraps under all any circumstances. And that's the funny thing too that keeps popping up is people are like, Well, they have to release the files because of the like the like in the stimulus bill, the one the one stipulation was the UFO files. Mm-hmm. Was they have to release them. Who is they number one? Yep. Number two, do you understand that all the agencies with vastly different databases and they do not talk to each other? Yep. There's a lot of keeping secrets from each other. Now, at least with the NSA is under the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. The CIA is not underneath that. So if you were to somehow get the Department of Defense to show everything, you'd get a lot. But they're not going to do that because is the Air Force going to tell the Navy what's going on if it didn't if it didn't matter? Right. The Navy's got their own files. The Air Force has got their own files. The Army's got their own shit. The NSA has got their own shit. And that's just under the Department of Defense. Right. The CIA is in its own little, little world, basically. Yeah, and what was crazy about Stephen Greer is he's had meetings with CIA people, director of CIA, the CIA, and uh, I forget who it was at the time that he had the meetings, but um, he laid out, I think in, in 2000, I think the year 2000, he addressed a lot of high uh, military personnel. Yes. And uh, and basically laid out all his evidence of UFOs and shit. Okay. And there was, a, there was also a secret meeting with him and uh, director of the CIA and a couple other people, and he laid out a bunch of this, and the director of the CIA was like, I basically know about a lot of this, 
this, but what's really uh, scary to me is why aren't why haven't I been told and the president been told? See, even the highest up people have not are not told about any of this shit. Exactly. They have they have to get it from private citizens doing and their own doing their own research. The problem too is that Carter, pretty much since Carter, they've been all been it's been a public thing them asking about the files. They've been talking about it. Oh, uh, uh, Truman. Oh, yeah, Tr- Truman. Uh, I mean, uh, Truman uh, believed in UFOs. He, he he saw a UFO. So did Carter. Yep. And uh, another thing I read today was that uh, uh, Douglas MacArthur. He he said uh, the one that uh, he was the, the general of Pacific. Theater, oh yeah. Yep. He said that the next world war, all the nations need to get together because the next world, the next world war will not be of this planet but other planets. That doesn't surprise me. He now, said that in World War Two. He was kind of crazy, but I get what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, they knew about this shit in the in the early forties. That was the other thing I was thinking about today too. So they they've known about this stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Astronauts, big names. You said who did you say? Edgar Mitchell. Edgar Mitchell. Neil Armstrong's right. talked about it at some points. Uh, Gordon Cooper. Gordon Cooper. A lot of it. Now he's one of my personal heroes. So. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin talks about it a lot, and he doesn't give a shit. Ooh, I have a cool article I found today that I wanted to show you. And a, a lot of people were skeptical about Buzz Aldrin's accounts and uh, Cooper's and Mitchell's. I've seen video of them talking about it. Now you can't find that video anymore, which is crazy. Right, but there's this article I found. Uh, it's called the the Deacon Chronicle. Okay. And it, and uh, it's headlined: There was something out there. Buzz Aldrin confirms uh, an encounter with alien alien life. And uh, to get this going, so uh, Apollo 11 astronaut Buzz Aldrin has reportedly passed a lie detector test after recalling his apparent encounter with alien life during the historic 1969 mission to the moon. Aldrin 88 was part of the test that also analyzed interviews with astronauts Al Warden, Edgar Mitchell, and Gordon Cooper. According to the reports, recorded interviews of the astronauts were tested using the latest technology at the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology at, in Albany, Ohio. According to the Daily Star, experts claimed their results proved that they were completely convinced that their claims of aliens were genuine. Aldrin has always maintained he spotted UFO on the way, a UFO on the way to the moon. There was something out there that was close enough to be observed, short of L-shaped Aldrin, who is the second human to set foot on the moon. The Institute of Bioacoustic Biology conducted an analysis of the astronauts' voice patterns as they spoke uh, about their encounters. Bioacoustics' Sherry Edwards told the Daily Star that the test reveals Aldrin is sure he saw the UFO, even though his logical mind cannot explain it. And this is in this technology that they used to uh, this this uh, type of uh, lie detector test is classified. Really? It's That's not, interesting. It's, it's not used, like, it's it's more accurate than the lie detector tests like you would take at a uh, police station. That's crazy. So these people that did this test believe that all these accounts were real. Now, the one thing that I've always thought about is that somehow part of their deal was to tell the public about aliens. So that kind of makes that, puts that theory out of the water if he actually believes it. Right. Now, that is kind of what I, I kind of, with the whole Bob Lazar thing, there's part of me that wants to think that he's a government agent that was put there specifically to disinform people. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure. And again, he's passed lie detector tests too. So there were so many interviews that Stephen Greer did yeah. with ex-military personnel and CIA yeah. people and Air Force people. Sure. And I, it would not surprise me that they wiped out Bob Lazar's history, the government. Oh yeah. They go to extreme lengths to keep things under wraps. I believe it. And the other thing too that keeps popping up 
up is I he went to Caltech. He definitely went there. Yeah. Like everything that I've done research since then, he was definitely there. Now MIT, I don't know. Yeah, but, that that one's kind of rough. But I mean, I I would not run it past him. Like I would not. Yeah. Like so, you wouldn't run it past the government to that. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, the other thing that keeps that keeps driving me nuts is if this gets declassified how the people think it's going to get declassified which it's never going to happen that way the whole argue the whole reason that they say that they're keeping this under wraps is public panic because uh, people just think in uh, the media and hollywood really show that aliens are like scary and dangerous beings that want to destroy us yeah which is not true in my opinion i i, I think if they wanted to destroy us they would have been able to do it by now yeah and i i think they're observing us because they think we are dangerous I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. And there was an account of um, a an Air Force, and it was an Army guy, at White Sands. And okay. he was talking about, uh, it might have not been White Sands, but they, they shot a, a, a test rocket into into the air. And this guy saw, and they saw it on radar, a, a UFO basically dance around this rocket in the air. And it was a beam, and there was, and it was, you know, it would, it would, it would be here, then it'd be on top of it, then it'd be on the side of it, and it'd be under it. And every time it would switch positions it would cast a laser of light to it and then it was gone and then the rocket just fell out of the air i saw that was that in was that in unacknowledged or yes. was that in something okay, yeah that it was, was unacknowledged okay. yeah and they were like were you guys messing around up there what was going on they're like no i think we just saw a ufo yeah that's crazy and it's like how do you how do you just make that shit up exactly in the volume when you get into this research and again this doesn't get this isn't this isn't mainstream media talking about this stuff this right. is the volume of people People, the amount of people that come forward from the military, from the intelligence community, from the government saying this stuff is real is alarming. It's crazy. It's insane. And if you think about it too, when it just comes into people where they value things, a lot of people would rather value the security of staying quiet as opposed to coming out and saying it. It takes a person with not a lot to lose, basically. Right. To come out and actually talk about this. Mm-hmm. Which is why everybody's not doing that. Right. Because if there's a threat out there saying you're going to get cut off, if your pension's going to get cut off, if you come out there and talk, or if your family's going to get threatened or something like that, or yourself is going to get threatened, a lot of people will buy into that and keep quiet. Yeah. And if I recall, that, that, that same guy was saying he would have somebody call his house and scream into the phone saying, you're going to die. We're going to we're gonna kill you. We're gonna kill your family. Yeah, and, and that's all that crazy. Shit. That's it, that's insane. Did you see? I can't remember the guy's name, but the one Canadian defense minister has come out. He is a former Canadian. He's old now, but he was the former Canadian defense minister, which is their version of defense secretary. Mm-hmm. He came out and said that this stuff's real. Like mm-hmm. a high-level Canadian politician, high-level government. Oh yeah. Came out and said, "Yeah, this is real." Yeah, I mean, a lot of a, a lot of prominent figures have said that this shit's real. Well, even the astronauts and people don't talk about it. People they try really hard to make it tough to Google this type of thing and to find research on Buzz Aldrin and what he said, and even what Neil Armstrong said. Mm-hmm. And Neil Armstrong was a recluse through most of his life; like he wasn't going out there talking at all. I wonder right. if it was because he was like, "How the hell are we telling these people about it? I can't." Allegedly, he he saw shit on the moon you know yeah Uh, like uh what did did he see a station in towers him and buzz well they saw they thought they saw like a landing party basically yeah now the the selling point to me is watching the video buzz aldrin and gordon cooper talking about this type of stuff Mm -hmm. that's crazy right that they came out at the end of their lives and were and buzz aldrin's still alive 
Gordon Cooper's not alive anymore. But they're coming out and saying this stuff now. Like, why do this now? Well, they're at the end of their life. They don't have anything to lose. They're exactly. About, they're going to die anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but what people what drives me nuts is people are just like, you know, I'm just not going to believe what these astronauts guys, some of the smartest people in the world, ah, they're they're making that shit up. They're out, they're they're talking out of their ass. Like, really? Right. So, speaking at the end of their lives, do you know who uh, Werner von Braun is? Yes. So at the end of his life, on his deathbed, allegedly, he says that we and we have been back engineering these spacecrafts, and we know how to build these spacecrafts, and that the U.S. government is going to use these spacecrafts against us to stage an alien invasion. That wouldn't surprise me. Now, he's a little bit out there. That is almost word for word out of the book sitting on the table right here, Behold a Pale Horse by Bill Cooper. I just started reading that, just the first couple chapters so far. No shit. And that is almost word for word what Bill Cooper is saying <laughs> the U.S. government is I have not do. read that book yet. Now, Bill Cooper is a complete maniac. He, uh, <laughs> he was Alex Jones before Alex Jones was Alex Jones. Uh, he's a little bit better than Alex Jones, but, but he... I, but- how, how do you come up with that on your deathbed? No, you're right about that. Warner Ron, Ron or and, Werner and, Ron, Ron. and this guy was no idiot. I mean, he he was the di- first director of NASA, if I remember correctly. I don't know if he was. I can't remember if he was the director or of the, NASA, the space program, or something. No, he he designed the rocket that he he designed the rocket of of the Apollo missions, and he uh, designed a lot of missiles and rockets for the Nazis. Yes, he was. He was one of those Project Paperclip people. Yes. So I mean, this, this guy knew what he was talking about as far as engineering. Yeah. He did work for NASA. Um, yep, he worked. Yeah, yeah. The V2 rocket, right? Is that what he designed? He V2, wasn't that? That was Nazi Germany, wasn't that? Oh, uh, uh, the, I think well, he did the Saturn. I can't remember what the hell the rocket was called. Yeah, the V2 rocket was Nazi Germany. Werner von Braun worked on that. And after World War II, he left and came to the United States and worked on the Saturn rocket. The Saturn rocket. Oh, I, I got them mixed yep. up. Okay. okay. Yeah, crazy. The V2 rocket was a weapon. And Werner von Braun didn't want to make rockets rocket weapons but when the nazis held a gun to his head that's what he had to do yeah yeah sounds about right but he still came out and said that the stuff's real and and a lot of and a lot of got and a lot of people in that unacknowledged documentary say the same shit and they have like blueprints of what the what the what the government what they're doing at area 51 basically and the one thing that i need to jump in here and say real quick is when you look at all these reports the one thing that stood out to me is how disorganized the federal government is and how huge it is. Like, tax dollars are going to all these ridiculous programs. There's a hundred different agencies listed in this book alone. Black budgets, man. And the Defense Department. Remember when Donald Rumsfeld came out in, like, the early 2000s? It was like, yeah, the Pentagon can't account for $2 trillion. Yes, I do remember Like, that. how the hell don't they have accountants? This is the biggest employer in the world. Right. This is the United States Department of Defense. Yep. How the hell don't they have accountants in place to make sure that stuff is handled semi-properly? Like, it don't have to be perfect, but $2, tri- $2 trillion in accounting errors? That was, what, t- 10% of the GDP? Transparent the democracy, man. They've lost more money than the annual G- GOP at this point. <laughs> that they just don't know what the hell happened to it. Right. They're like, oh, well, it just got misrecorded. Like, how the hell do you misrecord? Do you ha- People are just preying on the fact that other people can't, that enough people don't question is what's going on. Yep. And if some of these reports come out, it's going to be like... That's why we're so much in debt. Exactly. It's printing off money we don't have. It's a big part of it. It's the entire system is set up to confuse and keep people from asking questions. Reward the smart people by giving them cushy jobs and incentives Mm -hmm. and keeping their families safe. 
and keeping them away from asking questions. Mm-hmm. Let dumbasses like us on 4.30 in the morning ask questions because... We don't have nothing better to do. We got nothing better to do. <laughs> and we don't have nearly the qualifications that these people might have, you know? Probably not. Tim might. But yeah, Tim does a lot of research. Tim knows about the brain. Shit. Yeah, Tim, would you like to talk about the brain? I don't know nearly as much as the brain as you seem to be insinuating. Is that your hippocampus topping, talking or your uh, prefrontal cortex? I forget what the hippocampus does. <laughs> I, I basically only know what the amygdala, the amygdala does. Is that how you say it? Amygdala? The mitochondria yeah. is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes, that's 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 <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Anyways, no, we there are so many questions and so many questions and uh I, I honestly think the evidence is out there, but they're just not gonna they're not gonna show it. I well, don't think they'll ever show it. Nobody enough people don't win to show it. Who wins? Who loses? No Academia loses because they're out here doing research on things that do not matter. Yep. Think about how many universities we have. Think about how many research institutions there are. If they're if they're it's like it's like doing advanced calculus with a four digit calculus calculator or a 10 digit calculator mm-hmm. like or shit like that it's like it's it's playing it's playing little league when the real people are out there playing major leagues but little league wants you to make them think that they're in the major leagues is what it is mm-hmm. like why would these academia loses religion loses a lot of the churches are gonna have to either pivot really quickly well the, the vatican acknowledged aliens yeah i think that was a pivot because there's a lot of problems with the vatican too but we could have we could we we, we could we, do we, we could do a whole series because on the vatican. <laughs> i think a a lot of what's going on in the Dan Brown books is a little bit more real than the Catholic Church oh, wants to believe. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And their their money trail is bad. Their morals aren't great when you look at it with the way that they shuttle away priests that do unspeakable things. Yeah, There's some problems. I, mean, I, I need to do a lot more research into the Vatican, but you know. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of good people in the Vatican, but I think there are a lot of There's bad a lot of problems. Too. There's a lot of problems. Yeah. And then when you get into some some of the secret societies, and it's all connected. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are Vatican funded. Well, I I think I think they're I think they're communicating with aliens on their own. They very well could be because about every about, about every episode you drop your yeah phone. I drop my phone. Um, that's funny. I thought Tim had a comment, but <laughs> anyways, uh, no, you're right about that. It's crazy. This is going to be a tough episode to edit, but I think it's going to be okay. It's going to be a good, e- this is a good episode. Uh, this is, this has been one of our best discussions, I think. <laughs> anyways, uh, what do you think, Tim? Uh, you said earlier you wanted to talk about Project yeah, Serpo. Yeah, real quick. What time is it? Yeah, get into Project Serpo real quick. Basically, from what I understand from the research I've done, after Roswell, they uh, um, recovered dead bodies as well as live aliens. Yes. And these live aliens who crashed at Roswell were able to get in contact with their home planet and send a second ship to America where they picked up 12 American astronauts and brought them back to their home planet of Serpo where it was like two astronauts died on the journey two or three decided to stay on Serpo and the rest came back and soon after died of leukemia or various cancers because of the high radiation of that planet but mostly when they were on the planet they were kept inside buildings and underground because they couldn't really walk around on the surface without just dying. So who who started and who initiated Project Serpo? Was it Eisenhower? I think it might have been Eisenhower. I think it might have been Eisenhower at this point. It was earlier than Kennedy. Yeah, it would have been yeah. earlier than Kennedy. But I'm surprised somebody in that position knew about it. Well, see, they did, though, back then. because. But then again, too, 
all those lists that I like Truman would have known about it because the federal government wasn't nearly it, as big. That's true. It, wasn't it started big. getting big. I think it started getting big under Eisenhower. And I don't, I don't really think it's Eisenhower's fault, but it started to get out of control during the beginning of the Cold War. And yeah. then by the time it was Kennedy, Kennedy was the one who was like, hey, this is out of control. What are you going to do to a president that is saying, hey, this entire system is out of control? What are you going to do to that guy? Kill him. Exactly. <laughs> and the evidence, uh, Kennedy was 100% taken out by the CIA. If it wasn't a bigger intelligence thing. Definitely. I'm going to come I, on and say that. I, I think so. I think they it's... took... I... I think they took out Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, too. I, I absolutely do. And I think she had two affairs. One with Robert and one with... Yes. Yep. Yep. Did they did they take out Robert? I Possibly. I mean, there's a lot of people that got taken out. And I, I think she knew I think she knew about aliens. I think she I think she, she, she was asking questions. If not that, she, was at, she had a lot of answers to a lot of problematic things for a lot of problematic people yeah. in very powerful positions that we don't even know about. We got to do an episode on Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Like, it's... <laughs> Our Twitter's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us at 30 in though, yeah, if please. you want us to do a episode on Marilyn Monroe. And please tweet us if you have any more comments about the aliens or Roswell or Black Budgets or the intelligence community. Project Serpo. And also let it, let us know if you enjoy having Tim on the show. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again uh, to Tim for coming on the show. Of course. Do you have anything? Are you good with your material at this point? I feel pretty good right now. I mean, there's a lot more we could go into at, at different angles. There's just so there's much. There's so much, and we're going to be having to do a lot of these episodes. We have to bring Tim back for a few of them. If you if you want to come on every one, you're welcome on to every one. I don't know. You're kind of looking a little bit drowsy over there, buddy. Did you get your coffee today? Nah, I don't drink coffee. Never have. I, I have recently cut off coffee. I'm trying to. I'm taking a break from it. Interesting. See, I was yeah. never much of a coffee drinker. I'm drinking TiVo these days. Nice. I Iced tea. It has to be unsweetened. Mm-hmm. It has to be black tea. Hmm. I don't want anything else in it. I'm going to try that. There's no artificial sweeteners. Now, it kind of tastes like shit at first. It's okay. But I'm starting to dig it. I'm starting to enjoy it. It's a lot better than pop. I do have one question Okay. for, for both of you if you want to answer it. Sounds good. And we've known each other our in, basically our entire lives. Sure. And I don't think I've ever asked you guys this question. Uh-oh. What's your favorite food? This is awful, but I like Crunchwrap Supremes from Taco Bell. Lord almighty. <laughs> These days, I don't know. Probably like not too specific, but like uh, more of like a broad range, like American, you know, Italian for sure. Italian. It's either macaroni and cheese <laughs> or lasagna. So you're you're into Italian? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, if I'm ever getting a sub from anywhere, it's like a spicy Italian. That's my always go to. There you go. Yeah, Italian sub. I like pizza. Obviously, I eat a little bit too much pizza. Okay. But even like an Italian salad with the peppers and the Italian dress. Italian dressing is my favorite dressing. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anything Italian. Baguettes. Oh, is that is that is that French? That's French. Baguettes are French. Yeah. Well, it's the same continent. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's having some geographical <laughs> issues over there. Tim. Maybe Tim <laughs> needs coffee. I said it was the same continent. <laughs> Tim starts shaking his head profusely. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I would say my top three are one Lebanese. Yeah. Two American, like you know, mashed potatoes, steak, pot roast. Pot. Yeah, I love that shit. Mexican. I love Mexican. Okay. Food. I'm all over Mexican food, and I would put forth Italian. Okay. I like Italian, See, but but like Italian, like it's a toss up though because I love Thai food and I love Chinese food as well. They, they might uh, Italian might be morphed with them. Okay. See, I don't like Mexican. I love Mexican food. It wreaks havoc on my stomach like you wouldn't believe. Ugh. Like, the the only time I ever took a shit at work was after eating enchiladas. Really? 
Yep. I've taken a lot of shits at work. I hold that shit. I don't want to be messing with no. I mean, I like I, I have I have a whole routine of taking a shit at work. I use I use twelve long pieces of toilet paper to cover the toilet seat. Not okay, one that makes in, sense. not one in not one little piece of my ass is touching that toilet seat. Fair enough. Now I have to be at DEFCON ten. Yes. At least DEFCON eight before I'm I'm taking a shit at work. Yeah, like I got steam coming out of my coming out of my ears. Yes. Before I'm taking a shit at work. Yes. Isn't DEFCON a one to five scale? We're talking about shit. We're gonna have to say that for another episode. We're yeah, not we, doing we that will talk today. we will talk about we will talk about uh the urge to poop. Yeah. Next the, episode. The, the entire scale. We'll, it's a we'll, very it's a very broad spectrum, isn't it? Yes, it's a very broad spectrum. it's a long conversation. It might take up a whole episode. <laughs> well on that note, we're gonna probably Are you good, Ben? Are you happy I'm with all, that? I'm all set. Yeah. Cool. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know what you guys think about our alien episodes. If we should keep them going, we probably will regardless. But because we are, what's the word? Alien. Uh, enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. Yes. Connoisseurs. And the word I was looking for earlier was disclosure, by the way. Oh. They're trying to disclose it to us. Disclosure is happening. It's going to happen here. Hopefully. I'll bet you within the next decade. Hopefully. Anyways, uh, the YouTube channel is going to get up eventually. It hasn't happened yet. I've been very, very, very lazy recently. It's the weather, man. It is. It's bad. But it's going to get up here pretty soon. Thanks to Tim for coming on the show. Tim, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was always good to have you on. I think we had... It was It was good to have a third voice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Out. How did we do? Did we... Uh, fact check wise, you think we're all right? Yeah, you, did, you guys did real well. This is probably... If I wasn't in it, this would be one of my favorite episodes. No shit. Now, you have to listen to this episode. Okay, um, so now that you're in it, it's not going to be one of your favorite episodes? Absolutely not. I hate the way my voice sounds. Well, that's not... You're very, doing all right. You're doing all you right. You need to more... You know what, Tim? The next episode, we're going to talk about Tim having confidence in himself. You think me and Ben liked our voices the first time that we listened to them? Well, to me, you and Ben sound exactly like yourselves. I sound nothing like the way I hear myself. That's part of being a human. And now, these days, I fall asleep to the podcast, so... It's part of being a wizard. We're cutting that. (laughs) Anyways, on that note, are we about ready to wrap this one up? Yep, I think we're ready. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, catch you later. Peace. Thank you very much, guys. There's a lot of this going to be getting cut. <laughs> it's okay. Now, I don't even think I'm going to touch my notes. I think I'm just going to do it all. I'm probably going to have to look at some of my From notes. my head. I'm ho- Hopefully I can remember. Authorities say are searching for a 50-year-old two inmate. 50. Cut. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna start here pretty soon, building the bridge to working on uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm going for, Tim? Uh, where you inform people about something? It's like shit. I get what you mean. Revelation. No. Reclassification. No. Um. God damn it! There's a word. I I'm gonna drive myself insane if I don't get this word in. <laughs> but yeah, like while you're looking that up. Uh, why did you just hit me in the head with the microphone? Yeah, Tim just got whacked in the head with a boomstick. And I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking into my microphone to make sure that my voice gets picked up. <laughs> <laughs>